0: the International Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. Dear friends, it is Monday, it is the last Monday of September. And we are looking forward to a great week. And I hope you're going to join me every day this week that you possibly can. We love it that we're right here on this station and you're able to hear us. And we're thankful to the Lord for the privilege we have to get to this microphone day after day with an open Bible. Spend some time just looking at God's good things, the things that he's laid out for us. And uh, certainly every single day we hope to be a blessing to you. Now, just to remind you a couple of things. Number one, today I'm in Oakland. Oakland, Maryland, out in the mountains of uh, the panhandle of Maryland, there near the West Virginia line. It's a great, great place there in the Deep Creek Lake area. And uh, I'm at the Mountain Lake Independent Baptist Church in Oakland. And uh, we have a great conference there every year, have for many, many years. And I hope that you'll plan to be with us tonight, tomorrow morning, and tomorrow night. These great, great meetings, you'll just be blessed indeed, and I hope to see you there. Let me remind you also, November 10 and 11, the Sword of the Lord Men's Conference will be right here at Sword Headquarters, and if you want to see the details about that, get to the Sword website and look it up at swordofthelord.com. Well, let's go right to the Bible now. We're going to look today, and for a couple of days here, at Isaiah chapter 40, The great, great book of Isaiah sometimes has been referred to as the Gospel of Isaiah. Now, understandably, the Messiah had not come. This is Old Testament time. But the prophecies about the Messiah are there, and many of them here in the book of Isaiah. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful book, all 66 chapters of it. And we're looking at one of those great mountain peaks in the book of Isaiah, and that is chapter 40. And I'm going to read the very last verse in the chapter. That's verse 31. That'll kind of be the key around which we'll build here for the next couple of days. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So we're going to talk about Mounting up with wings, and listen, it is something to watch an eagle soar through the sky, and when the Lord is talking here about issues of morality, he's talking about issues of spirituality, issues of eternality, he is talking about us getting ready to just soar. He wants us to not be dragging our tracks. He wants us to not be living on the dregs. He wants us to not be down, down, down all the time, but he wants us to be up and running and be strengthened and be fortified, and so he's going to give us a lot of just really, really wonderful, blessed, exciting things as his blessings flow to us, and we're Thankful that we can count on his promise that we can mount up with wings as eagles. Now, this text is a very famous text. I'm talking about verse thirty one. and it's a text that just articulates so clearly what the Lord would have us to have, what He wants us to have. And it's really a text of promise. It's a text of hope and it's one that sometimes is misunderstood, and so I want us to look at the entire chapter. Actually, we have three things, three major things in this chapter. First of all, we're going to see that the Lord really, by his own words, reports on himself. It is like a report on God in that he reminds us Who he is, and that's where I'm going to head today. Now, the second thing, which Lord willing, we'll tackle tomorrow, is to look at his report on man, on men, on mankind, on the human race, and that's laid out here carefully too. And then the third major thing that's here, which we'll get to by Wednesday, he's talking about where he wants us to head and how he wants us to do it in the midst of all of this. So, Let's look today at this report that the Lord gives us on himself. For example, in verse number 3 of the chapter, Isaiah 40, he says, "...the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness... Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now, whenever we talk about the way of the Lord, he's just telling us there is a way that is distinctively his way. And uh, whenever you look at all the things that go on in the world, you don't have a lot of difficulty understanding that, I think. And he says it is our privilege whenever we follow the Lord, whenever we seek out his way, It is our privilege, then, he says, to make straight in the desert a highway for our God. I don't know whether you've ever been to a desert or not. I hope that uh, maybe sometime you'll get the privilege to do that. I'm thinking about the Mojave out uh, on the West Coast, and uh, I've been there many times, and I know a little bit about the desert. Now, if you're in the desert, uh, you need water, you need food, you need shelter. I mean, uh, you can be in trouble in a hurry in the desert. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, just uh, earlier this week and uh, who lives in the desert, and he was telling me that it was 112 degrees. And by the way, in the summertime and in the early fall, that is absolutely normal for them. It's not something unusual. It happens every year. And so you and I have to understand the desert is a dangerous place. Well, what he's saying here, he said, let's make a highway in the desert For our God, let's prepare so that we can sail right through, so we can manage all of this. Now, he also mentions in verse 5, the glory of the Lord. Verse 3, the way of the Lord. Verse 5, the glory of the Lord and the mouth of the Lord. In verse 7, he mentions the Spirit of the Lord, and it's not the Holy Spirit here. If you're looking at your Bible, you'll see that it's not capitalized. So it's not talking about a person, but it's talking about uh, how the Lord exudes his own Spirit, how he demonstrates his countenance and his attitude, etc. And then verse 8 talks about the Word of our God or the Word of the Lord. So the way of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the mouth of the Lord, the Spirit. Of the Lord, the Word of the Lord, all of that is just reminding us of something about who He is. Now, when I begin reading in verse 10, I want you to watch this. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and His arm shall rule for Him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. And then he begins to ask questions about the things that he wants them to ponder when he says, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains, and scales, and the hills, in a balance. Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? So, You know what all those questions are saying? It's saying, you better take a look at the Lord because He has knowledge. He has understanding. He has power. And who gave that to Him? Well, it's like saying, you know, uh, that didn't come from the government. That didn't come from the classroom. That didn't come from some uh, entertainment uh, center. That did not come from uh, the mint. It did not come from that. God is God. God is who He is. And He has that power. He has that inexhaustible knowledge. And then That's why in verse number 18, he says, to whom then will you liken God, or what likeness will you compare unto him? He's just simply saying, there is nobody like the Lord God, and uh, he makes that so very, very clear. Verse 22, it says, it is he, talking about the Lord after all those questions, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, dear friends. All of this talk about flat earth and all this talk about, you know, that Christians believe flat earth and all that stuff in years past. Do you realize this has been in the Bible all the way along? And God, who inspired the Bible, told us right up front that the earth is a circle. It is round. It is not flat. It is not— in any sense of the word, anything except what it is. And the Lord laid that out, told us that right here in the book. And it is he that stretched out the heavens as a curtain and spread them out as a tent to dwell in, that brings the princes to nothing, brings the judges to the earth as vanity. In verse 25 again, he says, "'To whom then will you liken me? "'Or shall I be equal,' saith the Holy One. "'Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, "'who hath created these things "'that brings out their host by number?' He calls them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power, and not one faileth. Verse 28 says, hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary, there is no searching of his understanding. Now, folks, all of this is laying out the subject that I mentioned here at the outset that the Lord Himself is reporting on Himself. He is telling. The nation of Israel, the nation of Judah, he is telling them about who he is. It's not like they've not heard this before. I mean, there's a long history here, and they have, in fact, uh, served him in time past. But then they hit these times, these stretches, where they think they're something. They think they're great. They think that they're on top of the world. They think that everything is built around them instead of understanding that it needs to be built around the Lord. Just a day or two ago, I attended a Major League Baseball game in Baltimore. The first night we were there, we actually went to two nights consecutively. The first night we were there, a young lady sang the national anthem and belted it out good and strong. And the second night, a young man did a trumpet solo of the national anthem and just absolutely, I mean, it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. Now you say, why is that? Because I live here in America, I was born in America, I'm an American citizen, and very frankly, even with all the stress and the problems and the difficulties that we face in our nation, uh, I'm very, very thankful to live in this country, to have been able to work and serve here. I am absolutely pro-American on a lot of things. But let me make clear the case here. The nation must give itself and point itself toward the Lord, else it cannot survive. That's true with any nation on the planet. We cannot, of our own volition, just set God aside. I mean, a nation will come apart morally. It'll come apart spiritually. It will fall into disarray militarily. It will break down economically. Only when we listen to the grand truths of the eternal God are we going to have long-term success and be anything like what we can really fully be proud of. The fact is, all of this trashing of our country, all of this breakdown that we see all across the land— is really attributable to one thing, and that is we have so many millions of our citizens who have decided that they can go their way, do their thing, be who they want to be, and they don't owe God a thing. And that is always a tragic mistake. And that's why when this passage raises all these questions, and it says, don't you know he's the creator? Don't you know who he is? Don't you know that he has ultimate knowledge? Don't you know that he is, in fact, the one who has absolute power, all of these things are laid out so clearly here to report to us about who God is. And whenever you and I grasp that, we're headed down the right road. If we fail to grasp that, it's a dead-end street. I'm telling you, you don't want to be down an eternal cul-de-sac. You don't want to go down that dead-end street and wind up embarrassed, wind up in a position where that nothing is working like you really want it to work. So, tomorrow now lord willing tomorrow we're going to back up and look through the chapter at what he reports on men what he tells us about mankind and i'm telling you we'll find there some things that we need to understand as well so this time today we're just looking at what it tells us about who god is and what he's about and certainly let's get hold of that let's don't let that slip through our fingers all right well listen god bless you thank you for being along today And remember, I love to hear from you, so I hope you'll write me a note sometime real soon. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of this Monday, and goodbye for now.